0: My name is Dimitri, and I'm a productivity and minimalism enthusiast. I'm Chance, I'm a philosophy and ethics enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast.
1: The show where productivity meets philosophy.
0: And what it means to build a better life. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour-over, our private members-only Slack community, and any other subscriber-only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. It might have been the most in-sync click I've ever heard in my life.
1: We were on it today. Yeah. It's helpful when you're in person.
0: It's so much easier to get the sync down. It's like... It's like when you, you ever play video games when you are a kid with bad internet and you had to like time the delay.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what podcasting over the internet feels like.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to account for the, the glitches and the the, the, the the slow, I don't even know what you call that. Yeah, the glitches in the game.
0: People, people sleep on what happens on a Zoom call when Chance or I have a lag situation and then we both pretend like when we heard what the other person said for 30 seconds.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Imagine us having a conversation where like for 30 seconds you see someone lipping, but like you can't hear what they're saying. Like imagine if that happened in real life. You said to sit there with a straight face, like, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. All right. So I'm going to make this new point now that they're done (laughs) lipping.
0: (laughs) And the, the funny thing is I feel like on stage People probably have to do this often times, but it, what blows my mind is when in a in a sports argument on like a TV segment, when like the other person's breaking up why they end it, or not they end this the segment, but they have like the person go off camera. I'm like, nah, just make them respond something else loud and stupid about whatever, like Kobe Bryant, uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving trade situation. No, just don't. There's no need to stop the segment from for that person. Just have him go off.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be way funnier. Just like wing it. Just try something.
0: I mean, we do it every time. I doubt anyone notices.
1: Oh no, no one notices, and they're they're, they're professionals. They're the ones actually getting paid. Yeah,
0: we don't get paid for this. But what we do get paid for is in adoration from reviews, which we would like to request reviews. It seems like we got a lot of new listeners on the pod recently. Don't know what's up with that. Don't know if the uh, podcast algorithm is just shoving our wonderful voices into the the ether, and people are like, "Hey, what the heck is that?" And then they click, and that's the whole thing.
1: However you got here, just uh, please scroll down to the bottom of your pod catcher and uh, give us a little five-star, four-star, whatever star review you want to give us. And uh, more importantly, give us some thoughts, some questions, some feedback on any of the episodes. And uh, we'd love to engage with the audience more here. Tell me
0: why you think Notion's stupid. Tell me why you think I'm stupid. Tell me whatever you want. Tell, Tell me why you think Chance is a better hairline than me. I don't care what you say. Just just say something. We want we want to hear people talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell us why we're not cool. Oh,
0: oh wow. That was the most meta thing you could have said. Um and what else is meta is us asking each other how we're doing while we've lived again together for like three weeks now.
1: I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of been in a good little flow. Um It's been it's been actually a, a nice little time here having you at the apartment kind of chilling it's been cooking really well i've had like two really like banger meals recently oh yeah had some banh mi and some pad thai
0: yeah
1: it went pretty they're both pretty good i'd both say eight out of ten would eat again
0: <laughs> you were yesterday guys this guy literally he finished making his banh me before I went to go to work and he just goes oh yeah <laughs> he starts like talking he starts doing his gary Vayner. We, we've been doing a gary v impression all week i don't know why just been like, man, you gotta put this bond, you gotta put this mayo on this on this bond me, and then you put and then you put that together with some blueberries, and then you put it on a sandwich, and then and then he eats it and he goes, oh yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, I mean, you gotta let me try some if you're gonna make that sound.
1: Then I turned to the guy from a uh, bar stool. One bite. Everybody knows the rules. Wait,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, you did do that. You go, <laughs> yeah, he started being David Porter. He's like, oh yeah, you know, one bite. Everyone knows the rules. <laughs> I'm Nine out of ten. He takes another bite, and I'm like, Dave, it's not the rule. It's, it's like if rule. everyone knows the rules and you don't, I don't know how this how this segment works.
1: <laughs> I actually did that again today to Ca. He was just sitting there watching the the twins game, and I just started eating our sandwich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was <laughs> just not having it. <laughs> one bite. Everyone knows the rules. But yeah, I've been making some really good meals, and uh, again, had a good flow at the bike shop and training, it's been it's been good. And we had a nice little Fourth of July celebration. Kept it pretty low key around here, so it was good.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. Uh, Chicago summers are fun. I'm quickly learning, and I've been here for the Fourth for like years in a row now. But Chicago summers and the Fourth of July just I think of. You know, illegal fireworks, um, the beach. I think the beach, I think of the boys. It's always a fun time. Uh, I do want to give a short mention to all the families in Chicago who have lost people this week. Uh, the 4th of July across the country is sadly a time when many people lose their lives to gun violence, and rest in peace to everyone. And respect to, um, two news organizations bringing up what happened in chicago but also lack of respect for them for the broader world not knowing that there's a lot more deaths than the mass shooting that happened um just want to quickly point out that things often are worse than one-off mass shootings that happen chicago's had a history of as someone who's grown up outside of the city i know that it's often mentioned where i'm from how how the gun violence needs to change. But I had people message me who aren't from Chicago because of the mass shooting. And I found it very interesting how they only know about it now because of what happened. But like that quantity of people plus dies every year in Chicago over that weekend every year. So right. Feel bad for those families. And my heart goes out to everyone who had to deal with anything detrimental to their personal lives this weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Heart goes out to um all the victims of the the Highland Park shooting, but um like you said, it doesn't need to be just one instance to start a conversation. This has been an issue in Chicago and across the nation, I'm sure, on a w- larger scale. Just uh, probably more individual cases, and so yeah, it's tragic. It's really tragic that this is the the second time we've mentioned this in a, the past couple episodes with Uvalde just happening and just the the daily shooting. It seems to be the the case now.
0: Yeah, and I and I think for the long-time listeners, you know we don't bring up things, so you know that since we are, we're trying to be as, we're trying to point things out when it makes sense, and this is just something that it's just, it's frustrating to watch. Um, personally, outside of that, things have been good, you know? I realized earlier today, I only have like a week and a half more here. Dang. Bummer. Yeah? Bummer. Yeah. Big bummer. It is a bummer. Omega, omega bummer um but things have been good can't complain about life when it is good yeah things have been so good that it's like a bummer that i could see things changing but you know i got a vacation coming up it'll be my first vacation from work in over a year and a half or not a year and a half sorry i'm here in like two months
1: wow that'll be exciting
0: Time off? What the heck is that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I forgot you're not actually doing time off here. You're just doing YouTube time off here, which I'm sure still feels like a lot off.
0: Yeah, it's different. It feels good to like not wake up at 4.30. It's kind of different waking up in a different place for a while. I'm not sure if the sleep qualities here is good because I don't... It's not my bed, yeah, but yeah, I've gotten used to it to a certain extent, so I feel like it's fine. But yeah, no, just getting up, my my parents have been like, yeah, it's been weird just like not rolling downstairs and seeing you like working on stuff in the basement. Like it's just like a, it's just, it's a mainstay spot for me, you know? <laughs> um, And another really nice thing that happened today was somebody, I'm not going to disclose the amount, but somebody like decided to leave a decently significant contribution to my YouTube channel because of, they liked what I'm doing and I was blown away and this is the first day I've just genuinely been like stopped in my tracks and like looking at my phone just staring at my phone not because of dumb analytics things but because like holy crap.
1: Real impact.
0: Yeah I was like somebody actually felt moved enough to like leave a donation. Like they went out of their way to email me to ask me what is the way for this money to get to me like the most directly. Wow. I was like what?
1: Yeah I mean that's awesome man. You said something about like and the guy say something about like Google makes enough money or whatever. Like I don't want them getting a cut.
0: Pretty much. The best part of the line was I f- figure. I want to misquote him, so it'll take me two seconds. He said, "Google has enough money, so figured you probably could use the direct contribution." That's great wording. I like that. That was. I was like, yeah, they they do. They take a lot of my money. They take a lot of my money. <laughs>
1: Go straight, to, straight to the small business. Small business. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Appreciate the uh, the contribution, showing the love. That's almost better than a review. If you guys want to send money, <laughs> I'm kidding. You just, I'm just so kidding. I'm no, so you, you kidding. become
0: a member of the podcast. That's fine. Like I was like, I'm gonna probably give this guy free membership. Obviously, because year's worth more, two years worth of. It's cheap to become a member. Um, so.
1: And you get the extended version of this and other episodes of the podcast. Things go
0: off the rails in the extended version. People don't know about it. But what else is off the rails is people's attempt to try to be cool. Like, oh, I'm coyly trying to do this transition. Um, Uh, It was coy. Yeah, man. Pretty, pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. uh, Do you want to read the quote or what?
1: Yeah, I can read the quote here. (laughs) Pull it up here as I try to play around with this microphone. (laughs) What are you even doing over there? I'm taking off the big, heavy block. It's you didn't at the think bottom. about that before the episode? <laughs> no, we're just jumping in here. <laughs> <laughs> this quote of the week. It comes from the article that is going to kind of springboard the conversation here. What was the title of this article? The Paradox of Coolness?
0: The episode, not the episode, sorry. The article itself was called, What Does It Mean to be Cool?
1: What Does It Mean to be Cool? And It's the, by Thorsten Boat's Bornstein. Beautiful, beautiful. And the, the Enthusiast Quote of the Week here is a direct quote from that article. It goes, Coolness is control, but the dictator who controls everything is not cool because he does not balance a paradox. And I like this quote. I think it this came at towards the end of the article and was a real heavy hitter, kind of explaining the kind of balance that needs to be played with coolness and how control almost understanding what's within your control and what's outside of it balancing that and um, how that really creates coolness how coolness kind of defines that line between control and out of control and how you can kind of fragment and personify the paradox as this um, article puts it I think is a nice way of looking at it
0: yeah and uh, I think it intuitively when we notice cool people most time cool people aren't trying to be cool
1: Yeah, yeah, right? The truly
0: cool people that you know, you're like, yeah, that guy's cool. Like, he's not out here like walking around trying to walk a certain way or talk a certain way to come off cool. That dude's just cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I actually, um, I want to ask you, because this was your idea for the article, and it kind of gets to a point that I think that we're maybe making here. Why did you choose this article? Because you just kind of found this website philosophy now. And you found this article about coolness and philosophy. I, I think it's a very interesting topic. I'm excited to get into it. But what, what, what was the, what's the motivation Man, here? We got
0: this four pillars thing. So I just like looked up. I'm like, let's find some conversation starters on um, different philosophy websites. And this one piqued my interest the most because it was just like, it, 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 I often have this conundrum in my head with stoicism where it's like, if I'm trying to be stoic, how stoic am I really being? Okay. You know, it's it's like I, I've often reflected to myself and journaled to myself when I have minor triggers happen. I go, you got to be more stoic. What the hell are you doing? And then I go, but like, if I'm like trying to be stoic, like how stoic am I really being? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's like, it's almost like anything that you're trying to embody. Like it takes time. Like I think it, it's like, um, it's almost like a muscle memory thing. Like with mindfulness, that's what comes to mind for me is like, at first, before I started meditating, I really didn't notice things like my teeth grinding or me, like, clenching up muscles just, like, sitting in class. But then you started meditating a little bit and, like, forcing yourself to notice that until eventually it just becomes intuitive. And now sometimes I'm just sitting around and I'm like, why am I, like, ramming my fingernails under my other fingernails? But it's something I always do when I'm anxious. And it makes myself... It, it makes Interesting. my fingernails bleed. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really weird quirk I have, but... um. I've like almost made it conscious for myself when it used to be more subconscious. And same thing goes for being stoic. You catch those things and notice when you're getting mad about things outside of your control until it just becomes second nature that you not suppress, but temper those uh, emotions.
0: A little double meaning for temperance there. Good work. Um, (laughs) I don't keep moving. Uh, Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that and that is what sparked it and and this this article also made me think of the idea that we'll get into at some point about how you know like do i need to be cool i don't think i need to be personally i gave up on being cool a long time ago i don't know about you i mean you're you're probably if we have like a cool scale like a public perception of cool you're, yours probably like a higher number on the out of 10 for me i've come to the determination that i'm not like a I don't come off like a cool cat like i don't walk into a room and i'm like just like yeah look at me look, look, look how cool <laughs> like i i don't give off that vibe as much so i've i i want to use this as an episode to be like you don't need to be cool like that sort of cool i don't know what i'm saying
1: and i think this is why i asked what the motivation was because i had a feeling that this was like the, the real motivation and i i think that <gasps> wow no I, i'm not <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'm not saying that to holler at you. Damn. (laughs) Because I think that coolness, actually trying to be cool, kind of like how you were saying you're like trying to be stoic. It actually flops more often than not. And it's like being yourself and like deciding to not subscribe to this weird metaphysics of coolness. Deciding to not live within that, but decide to live in your own kind of individual experience is actually what can be really cool.
0: Yeah, I I, I have often been described. I, I feel like my hobbies have been described as cool recently, more so than previously. With the whole like, well, you have a podcast, like you you make you have YouTube, you make money on the internet, like you you make money on YouTube. People go, oh my god, that's so cool. They never say this is a cool dude. I know, like. When they, when they meet me, they they hear about what I do and they go, this is a cool dude. And I'm like, I, "There's this is more meta idea in my head of, if you do what you want to do and you're passionate about what you do, that is inherently cool, but you're not trying to be cool, which is definitionally cool as hell.
1: Yeah, and I think that kind of, so I think this article doesn't entirely bash on coolness. It's more so getting at what is cool, where does it go awry, and like when does it look good? And I think that the the whole paradox of cool actually is a, a really nice point here because it's this idea of balancing, it's, it's, and this is where they tie in the stoicism, right? Because it's like balancing things that are in your control, but also not being mad about things outside of your control. Like there was a part of the article where it goes like, if like, if the cool guy loses the game, the coolest thing he can do is not look mad. Or they said something like the coolest act ever is like losing a game and having a straight face. It's like, yeah, like realizing that fate is outside of your hands and you did everything you could and not getting mad about something. That's incredibly cool. Like versus the guy yes. who flips over the yes. table and kind of kills the vibe. It's like, yeah, yeah that was very you know, cool.
0: you don't know to deal with that guy.
1: And so I think on the inverse of this, maximizing what's within your control, which is like, what am I really interested in and how can I optimize the situation? I think that is what's really cool. Instead of playing to the, the crowd or keeping face.
0: Yeah, and I feel like oftentimes what's interesting is uh, stoicism does offer a, an interesting alternative to cool uh, and correlation ish to cool. So here's an example. We were playing a fair amount of uh, spike ball uh, this weekend, right? And I don't know if I feel like over time, maybe even you've seen it, but I maybe not. But since I've found stoicism, since I've become more an adult, man, I am so much more fun to play games with. <laughs> i used to be miserable to play games with as a child like sore not i don't want to even say sore loser to the max but like when people would do dumb stuff like what was happening with spike ball when there's a little bit of my isms will come out by the way as i as describe this
1: yeah i've seen it
0: like you notice how i'm pretty much cool calm, and elective but like if it gets to the point where they're getting ridiculous like my old st- Old version of being like art what the hell is this obviously that was a that was on the rim i don't know why we're even playing this dang game if you guys don't understand how physics works in your in your in your own perception of the world like that's how i used to just every play be but it's like it's been toned back due to the like it's a game and i've tried to employ that in life and that has probably made it much more cool to play games with me because, man, I used to be miserable to play games with. Because I would call people out on their ass every play.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember when we played um, volleyball at team camp. I mean, I mean, everyone has their moments where they get really heated. But I do recall you had some of those. And you, you, yeah, you've, you've come a long way in terms yeah, cause of that. Yeah, because it's been a
0: few years, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: that was my freshman year. And now we're looking at my fifth year. So four years ago.
0: I was probably more vocal then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and just a little more upset about stuff. And I'm like, it's just a game. I've never been overly good at a lot of games. And I think that that, like, and this is kind of tying into the cool thing, is like being cool is like acting like you have complete control over the game. But also being cool means that like if you lose the game and like the cards reveal that you don't have complete control, you don't get mad. I have the, the, the latter. I really have the latter. Like, it is clear that I do not control the game. And, like, when I lose, I really don't get that mad. Most times, at least. But I do not have... the. I, I don't have that domineering attitude of, like, yeah, I control this game. Like, I'm running the board right now. Like, I, I don't possess that quality. And so, like, I usually just yeah. don't get mad.
0: Yeah. I definitely have the, the opposite problem where I want to be the one killing it. So, I was trying my hardest we've been on a roll like we haven't lost a game of spike bowl together and I've tried to be like great game you know like and I and I've gone the other way like with like I I will let people go and I will not stand my ground and like be overly like let them do their thing so that I won't you know yeah so that I won't do that situation so it's 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 been a 180 for sure there hopefully I don't know
1: yeah and it's a tough balance to strike you have to personify the paradox as this article says you got to be able to like I said do both and they can seem counterintuitive to be able to do both
0: um, and then when it comes to the rest of this article I I think we kind of jumped into it a little bit maybe without articulating what this article's definition maybe of cool is they had a bit of a a weird reference to like Black culture, creating cool. I don't know if I really want to do it. I don't want to talk about it. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I think they made a good point at the end. I actually have this better on my phone than my laptop. There was a point there at the end where they're kind of talking about hip-hop culture and how it... I don't know if they, like, invented cool. I really don't believe that. But they brought this thing back here in a good way. Where it's almost like... 1960s to african-american inability control political and cultural oppression this paradox of the need for self-control in the face of a lack of control nurtured a cool attitude so yeah i mean i i kind of like this because it's again teetering the the balance of control and coolness where it's like black culture in, in a lot of ways i mean there was like black discrimination and such so where they don't have political or cultural control. And so they did cool things like create jazz music and all kinds of like big cultural things that the list goes on, but they created these cultural structures when they could not influence political or social structures really in order to kind of fragment the ways that blacks controlled society. And so it's like, we really can't influence policy or politics directly but we have these cultural moves that kind of seep into politics and it's like okay well that that looks cool because it's like you're getting mad at the man because you don't have control but the same way you're, you're kind of undermining the man you know like push a t selling drugs and stuff like that. that that's cool like you're kind of like beating the system here at the same time even though you're under it you know it's a kind of like a a little dichotomy that they're playing both ends of
0: man. There's a whole micro discussion here about, Uh, what do I say this? It's a whole micro discussion here about, I don't even know where I was going. I had a thought that was ruined by the fact that someone tried to knock on our door five, three minutes <laughs> ago. Uh, It's interesting how this, is articulated because there is a prevailing sentiment. I feel like we're like white people jokes, like white people are boring jokes, like wonder bread jokes, Mm -hmm. those sort of things. (laughs) The the prevailing sentiment is that white people are bland and uninteresting. Sure. And I, and I feel like that, if you know if i get canceled for that statement i mean rough on me right you're gonna have a reverse cancel culture in like 10 years when this comes out i'm gonna be like you're racist to white people like what yeah. i don't know I, I really can't predict those kinds of things so basically what i'm saying is i believe personally as a white person we are inherently more boring than uh other cultures <laughs> and I mean, that's coming from a first generation or second generation <laughs> immigrant by the way because my parents aren't from here but
1: yeah true adversity Makes it way more interesting. I always say that about everything, whether it be oppression or just taking the train to work versus being in your car. The more adversity and surprise there is, the way more interesting of a person that is going to be. Yeah, and so it doesn't surprise me that like that is the sentiment because so many white people just have it too easy. It's like show them a little complexity, you know. Th- th- I th- had a to difficult walk. I, situation.
0: <laughs> I had my mom drive me to school and back both ways. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, what a rough
1: time to be alive. Oh man, I don't know. I had another question for you. I, I, I just totally lost it. The one bread so, derailed you. And so I, I actually, I think I recall. You're, say, you're saying earlier how like being cool is actually like trying to not be cool.
0: Well, uh, being cool has the underlying pretenses that you are not also trying to be cool at the same time. Mm. Because if you are trying to be cool but happen to come off as cool, that is inherently not cool because that is not how you're actually being. That is how you are facading.
1: Right, right, right. You can't like...
0: It's not a word.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hear what you're saying. You can't fake it. It's like you have to be the... The guy behind the curtain, like if once people see the puppet master, it's not cool anymore.
0: Yeah. Like the Wizard of Oz, like that's not cool. Like, it's just a dude.
1: But before you saw the curtain get revealed, it was like, wow, he, he kind of ran the show. He was cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's plenty of examples I could make about people. It's like, I oh, was a cool dude. And then like things come out like, man, the first one that came to mind was kind of a dark comedy joke. I'm not going to do that one think now i'll do it bill cosby
1: mm. yeah dude who like seemed like he had it together had it going for him and then
0: yeah it's a cool dude now
1: behind the curtains when things get outside of his control he uh there's people who lose it i mean inherently not cool yeah inherently inherently not cool but i think um so you think you're like your self-help actualization you don't think that's cool
0: well i'm not trying to be anything but me that's cool,
1: but earlier you said that when people when we walk into the room, I have a, like a cooler like I I have a cooler oh you're just trying to
0: gas up your own coolness right now that's well, not no, cool I, I'm doing the <laughs> opposite no, I'm kidding, I'm
1: kidding. because I think in a lot of ways you're more self actualized in the fact that you have the YouTube channel like you've really figured out like something that is you
0: sure okay and,
1: and it's like going to carry you forward like hopefully as a full time career
0: yeah okay sure and it's
1: like as you continue to self-actualize that more and more why isn't that making you more cool in a room if we walk into like a random room
0: i feel like this is a good segue into the conversation if you don't need to be the public perception of cool you should be the personal definition of cool
1: which is self-actualization
0: correct i believe that self-actualization is the coolest thing you can achieve um, no crap that's my opinion um <laughs> what a thought uh because when you're you and you're, when you're unapologetically you as someone who has this experience you you are less anxiety filled you do things that you want to do and you're unapologetic about uh, unapologetic about doing things that you want to do and that comes off more cool overall and forever Because Mm -hmm. when someone finds out eventually that you're doing something that's not actually what you're into, they're going to find it uncool. So you maybe have put off this facade for a longer period of time, but eventually when that facade breaks, it's not cool. Also, you're probably going to be anxiety related with having to keep up with like all of the fakeness. Yeah. That's not
1: cool. Yeah, that's not cool. And so is the cool person just completely dismissive? Of the idea of coolness. Because it's almost just like. Why do you even need to worry about cool. Because cool requires some kind of. Public perception. I think coolness isn't just like. Oh I see me as cool. Like I'm cool. Like you would never say that. You would just. If you're someone who's just self-actualizing. Like imagine you're just like isolated, and can't talk to anybody. And you're self-actualizing your life. You would just fill yourself with other kind of statements like yeah i'm really like joyful of the thing i'm doing like look at me grow i wouldn't say oh i'm cool like i bet i look uh, cool
0: the old that old shindig i'm trying to think of the term here but the requirement of external perception perception yeah no i would agree that cool does require external perception
1: and so does the truly cool person just let go of coolness because according to this article, oh. he says, coolness implies the power of abstraction without becoming overly abstract. And so what he's saying in this part is you have to be able to abstract beyond rules. Like there are going to be so certain social and cultural rules that define like our world, but then being able to abstract and bend them enough, just enough so that you're cool. Like, um, like you see us in like fashion a lot or in any kind of art, like, um, like edge lords. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, we could go I there. Mean, I was
0: yeah. going Yeah. You know, like the people who are like unapologetically edgy.
1: What do you mean? Um,
0: mm, how do I word this? This is a hard, like, how do you describe what I'm trying to, it's like, I, I got this vibe in my head of like, this whole like group of like men and women who like have this sort of a thrift shop vibe with their clothing and they just don't care uh-huh that's cool like i don't know how it comes off It's cool but it does because they're like yeah no that's what i buy hmm you know what i'm saying yeah 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 they got like a couple like they got a couple tats they got half of them got nose rings half of them have different hairstyles like i feel like that is cooler than like the jock in high school you know why jock in high school is trying to play a part
1: the jock in high school is completely conforming to the rules oh yeah the jock in high school is giving into his peer group not self-actualizing entirely following the rules and not abstracting or bending them in any type of way
0: because i've tried to be that before i played football in high school i've tried i've had that stage Mm. don't think it was as cool maybe i had fit in public perception wise maybe it was the time Mm. long term though nah not really because those who are attempt, who those who are at the top of the food chain,
1: they saw through it. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. What you're saying is like, they saw that you weren't like a, a true jock.
0: Yeah, they saw I wasn't trying to be like a true, they saw I wasn't really like, well,
1: you know what, It you know what happens?
0: It's because I, I can't keep up the facade for being misogynistic. I can't keep up the, <laughs> the facade for being just an ass. So it doesn't fit. Right. Cause like when those situations come up, sorry to lump in that entire group of people, not all jocks are like that. I was a college athlete. I know this, but I mean from like straight stereotype football movie situation, um, jock, like the misogyny doesn't come through in my personality at all. I don't, I literally am the kind of person who will like stop those jokes.
1: Yeah. I mean, as you should.
0: So <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's really sad that I had to preface that. Isn't it? Yeah. Jesus. Shout out twenty twenty two world. Um, so it doesn't fit. So then it it doesn't work with that group of
1: people. Right, right. Yeah, I think the thing that's a good example. I think two examples I am thinking of one that clarifies and one that goes against it is like um like this is a general like art history thing, but like for a long time like art used to be very representen- representative of what was actually in reality then you had people like uh, Van Gogh who started doing Impressionism, which was very critiqued for being bad art because it's like, oh, you're not actually like representing like the real world. Like Van Gogh has like self-portraits, but they kind of don't look like him. Like they're like a a bunch of individual, really small like scrapes of paint. And so it looks very close to him. Or you have like uh, the lily pads by... um, Oh, I'm blanking on that Um, other Impressionist guy, painter. But anyway, he has this big picture of like really faded like lily pads on a pond. But if you look at it, it's very clearly lily pads on a pond. But it's like this balance of these two artists who understood that the rules of the game are you should represent art like as reality is. And let's not entirely just do something like cubism where it's just like Nothing even close to reality, like thinking like Picasso, but they took that first step towards like okay we're gonna we're gonna bend the rules just a little bit, and I think that is what's kind of cool it's almost like uh what Nietzsche would call like the the Ubermensch where it's like you understand like yeah. the systems of philosophy or religions that are being imposed upon you, and you're able to overcome them without completely going off the wheels. My other example is the Unabomber or somebody like that who like In their eyes is self-actualizing. Yeah. But they've gone so far from the rules and conventions. Like this article kind of says like you're over abstracting from the rules. Yeah. The Hitler's the. Yeah. You've just gone too far. It's like at that point your self-actualization is not cool because you're you have no basis in reality within the rules and social conventions.
0: Man I went for high school stuff and you went for art. <laughs> yeah, that was a better. I was a, you went a more interesting route than I did.
1: Um, I don't know why art came to me. I think art and philosophy have started to bleed into the same part of my mind. Yeah, because let's even like a,
0: think about like, man. You know who is not cool to me? Andrew Tate. You know who Andrew Tate is.
1: He's a, a sport guy.
0: Uh blue blue pill or whatever the the whatever the red pill. What was the bad red one? Red pill. Yeah, he's the red pill, black pill, like. Listen. If I had an only, I heard. I found out more about this guy today. Friend, uh-huh. a friend of mine is getting way too into him. I'll tell you that much. Um, he goes, he goes. Listen, if my wife had an OnlyFans, I would take eighty percent of the cut. She could have an OnlyFans if I took eighty percent of the cut. That's what? my product. No, <laughs> he said on the internet to the f- world. He said that's my product. Of course, Of course i I'd take eighty percent of the cut or else you're not going to have an OnlyFans.
1: Oh, That's boy. just... What? What?
0: This, like, for example, this is, like, on the spectrum of self-help. Is what I'm trying to point out. Yeah. You got that, then you got, like, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss, cool as hell. We actually talked about this on a run the other day. Tim Ferriss might be the coolest self-help person in, in existence.
1: Yeah, I mean, because he... he with the, this is a really good example, because he understands all the rules of, like, self-help, and he understood way before a lot of other people did... That self-help isn't just like hitting the productivity button all the time. It's like having the mindset philosophy stuff, having the mental health, health, physical health awareness stuff, having the personal finance stuff. It's like he was one of the first to actually like group all that together. And because he touched all those areas before a lot of people started putting all those ideas together, he was the one who kind of bent those rules and that made him really cool.
0: Yeah. And like the four hour work week is just so even when we reviewed it, we just appreciated it for what it was, but then also took it for granted at the same time, like from a writing perspective. When it is probably the coolest book because it did break the mold.
1: It did. And I think that the reason we gave it a bad score, part of the reason was because everything was like hyperlinked into it because he was trying to bend the rules of like what a book and what technology would look like in the future. He kind of messed up on that one, but in a lot of ways, he did good stuff. Like he was talking about remote work before the pandemic.
0: I mean, that's a that's an old book uh, for today, Sims. I mean, that's I think it's a fifteen year old book at this point, and and yeah. even before pandemic, I'm talking twenty nineteen, remote work is not something people did. Like only my, I knew my uncle did it, and he worked. Um, I think his degrees in computer science, and he works and he did like database structure for a healthcare company. So it's like very specific people I knew that worked remote full time. And now everyone in my dang industry does because the industry is like, yeah, yeah, y'all don't need to come in. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> hey,
1: you, just don't need, you, you don't need to go in. And like anyone who had a professor that used the Zoom function before the pandemic was shook when Zoom came during the pandemic because they are like, oh, wow, I actually have used this before. Whereas like 90% of the students were like, what is this? Never saw this coming. But there was those few people who knew the rules and bent the rules just enough ahead of time. And that makes them really cool.
0: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, I feel like this is also why, here's another example of dichotomy in self-help. There's a reason that the the gurus in the personal finance space and they're they're fake cool and people see through that and the minimalists and like the mainly the minimalists like come off as just cool individuals and no one's out here like these are guys are fake gurus because they're being unapologetic about like real world stuff the fake gurus and the personal finance bros are like f women get money like let's get loaded
1: and yeah, it's just hustle
0: yeah well the, even more than that like here's my lambo like okay. I, i'm here in my garage with my lamborghini that's why i read a book a day <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you're saying they're fake cool because
0: people see through it is what i've noticed i mean people see through all uh, and people uh, pretty much initially see the personal finance guys and get more question like they question it more than like a matt D'Avella video
1: and what are they seeing through? They're, they're, they're seeing that these people actually don't have it all together? They don't have all the control?
0: They don't have all the control. They don't actually have all their life control, man. they just out here about the money.
1: Like, if everyone,
0: as much as like, here's a hot take. Tweet this podcast, on. Uh In a world that is filled by keeping up with the Joneses, I think we all have an underlying Understanding that money will not solve all of our problems, but we are unwilling to accept that fact while we are in pursuit of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was fairly profound.
0: Dang, yeah, that did come out kind of <laughs> smooth, too. <laughs> I wasn't even sure what I was going to say halfway through that sentence, but I had the understanding in my head.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so dichotomous. It's like... We all, all
0: know that it's really not about
1: the money. But we're all going for the We're money.
0: all doing it because we actually, we don't want to believe that fact.
1: I think people do genuinely believe that fact, but it's it's almost like the the disconnect, the different people that run your body, it's not just one person. It's like there's two parts of me. There's a person who's like the the system two really like reasoning, breaking down the evil of social media and says, like, yeah, like do not get on Instagram. But there's a system one monkey brain version of me that has the Instagram app downloaded and will immediately just scroll over there and touch it unconsciously. I think the same thing goes for the pursuit of money. It's just like people know that things are X and continue to do Y because it's just two different versions of yourself pulling at different ends of the string.
0: And unfortunately, the monkey brain wins oftentimes due to multiple factors in today's society so my point there being is the system that understands that it's not about the money responds to the to the first personal finance videos with more skepticism due to that fact whereas Mm -hmm. they respond to the the more cool side of the minimalist as like oh these dudes are just unapologetically wearing one shirt dope because it's the same premise by the way what happens when you're when you embrace minimalism you kind of get loaded (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it makes sense I
0: can't find one minimalist I found that that works a job that doesn't also become loaded
1: yeah I mean it makes sense less stuff more mental clarity more profound ideas Get Yeah, that money yeah.
0: and they save more their savings rates are amazing
1: yeah and I mean um, Morgan Housel talks about it in the book but like one of the biggest financial moves you can make is just being frugal like finding what's comfortable for you, but also like frugal. And once you set that cap, be hard on that cap of like, okay, I don't need another bedroom. If I upgrade houses, or like I don't need a nicer kitchen. If I upgrade houses, like I'm good at this lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Cause there's this common interesting thing that happens in personal finance where they'll be like, you know, they tell you just save money, but like the only way to really increase your, uh, your net worth is to make more money. Cause you can only save so much. It's like, yeah, but like all the minimalists are like saying that. So what are you saying? They're also just pointing out the fact that you do need to be reasonable and not get the Lambo and the video ad that you're putting out.
1: You're saying that the, it almost seems like the real cool people are seeing the other real cool people who are people like the minimalist. You realize it's not all about the money versus those who don't really see the real coolness. They don't see through the fake cool people. Yeah who are also all about the money. It's like they're almost gravitating towards the people that they're marketing towards.
0: Yeah. Essentially, this is just an entire episode for me trying to prove a point that I'm cooler than everyone for wearing one shirt. That's the point of this episode. Not really. Sarcasm. Um,
1: (laughs) But because you only wear one shirt and you're just following the minimalists, I think someone like Nietzsche would say that you're not cool. For just following the rules, why don't you bend the rules? Bend the rules? Yeah, I bend the rules. I have a I have a Panic at the Disco
0: shirt. <laughs> I don't point that out enough on the internet because I was like I want to keep up the facade, you know. But mm. I do have a Panic at the Disco shirt and a friend shirt, but they do fit the the color palette, so I can wear it with any of the other clothing. Technically, they are a part of the ten black shirts because they are black. Mm. So, am I lying? No. Am I? D- committing mild omission here my digital marketing background has taught me well
1: yes (laughs) i think this gets at a good point of bending the rules without breaking in order to be cool because there's people like me who maybe have too many graphic tees at times and it's like i'm trying to like support all my artists because i I like a lot of artists i I got brock hampton and logic and
0: yeah you really like logic yeah
1: yeah and i got a lot i got a lot of graphic tees
0: you really liked his last album too
1: it's okay. Mid tier.
0: <laughs> you haven't liked the logic album in six years.
1: I really haven't. <laughs> I haven't been wow. Oh no, I like no pressure. No pressure was okay. a good way to go out. And then he didn't have to come back, but he did. <laughs> really exciting stuff. Um But I think like someone like me, I'm not I'm I'm not a minimalist by any means, but at least in terms of attire, I'm not in my wardrobe. And It almost comes to the point where I'm like breaking the rules where it's like, unless I create a new rule for myself, currently I have no rule and the rules are out the window. And so I don't think my graphic tees are all that cool. It's like, it's cool that you're mostly minimalist, but also have like the Panic at Disco shirt and the French shirt because it's way more meaningful. Whereas like if I have like a Radiohead shirt and a Brockhampton shirt and all these different shirts, it's like, well, what do you stand for?
0: I was I was gonna do a war, huh? What does it stand for? And then I'm like, wait, that's not the lyric. War, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like the quote, like, um, stand for something or fall for anything. You ever heard that?
0: Uh, yeah. Who was? That? I feel like that's familiar. I just don't know who.
1: That's cool. Yeah, it's so cool. I, like I don't even a good know the quote. quote. For coolness. What did you say?
0: It's so cool. I don't even remember who who, who where the quote's from. <laughs>
1: Big impact, big impact. Um, Yeah, and and here's something that
0: that comes up, too, with even people in our space as well, getting away from the personal finance side of things. I feel like often when people are trying to be overly cool about that productivity thing, I'm like, eh, I don't really really get what you're trying to do.
1: You want to give me a tangible example here to pick at?
0: You know who I'm going to bring up. Who I am I gonna bring up?
1: I don't know if I, uh, unless it's Ali Abdul, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we
0: always know it's Ali Abdul. <laughs> I love the guy, but also he recently he's been trying too hard, and I, I feel like this is a common sentiment across his comment section. So I'm not like in the minority here. He tries too hard, man. I know someone who has met him in person, and he comes off more like an AG person. I told you this, like AG, our friend, like a, oh, a yeah, shyer yeah. sort of like mellow mannered person more than in his videos, and it's like. I think people are seeing through it a little bit recently cuz he's, he's gotten so brashly confident on camera that it comes off as as if he's trying to be cool. It's like, "Bro, listen, homie. As a productivity influencer, I can tell you one thing. This is not defin this is not a cool thing, right? Like Google Calendar ain't cool, buddy. <laughs> like I'm just telling you right now, being you is cool. The fact that we do Google Calendar, Notion stuff and enhance our productivity with these tricks is
1: not cool what about productivity is cool though
0: you have more time to do what the hell you want so like i can go jet skiing because i have the time or something you know what i mean like yeah. i can go i can go for a hike like to a cool place or take a plane somewhere because i'm productive and i got a remote job and yada yada etc etc
1: hmm yeah it's cool yeah or like taking a month away just to hang out with the, like, the boys like yeah
0: yeah like the fact that i came here with the boys and i have videos posted it's like wait you know you didn't get behind on youtube and stuff but you went and lived with your friends for in the summer and like whatever it's like yeah no that's dope but the fact that i did a monthly framework for my youtube channel in order to make it happen is not inherently cool
1: mm. and i think this is where a lot of people think that productivity isn't cool I think it's kind of like the Ali Abdaal thing. It's like he's really trying to act like that is what's cool. It's like, yo, I love listening to audiobooks at 3x speed and getting through 5,000 books in a year. It's like, no, you don't enjoy that.
0: It's like, no, bro. What's cool is the fact that you were able to take the examples from the entrepreneur roller coaster and build it into a successful business where you're making $3 million a year, but you don't brag about it.
1: And you're able to go on cool trips that you talk about and not overthinking. And just be like, yeah, me and the lads, you know, we went oh, on a skiing trip. you know, in monaco, to
0: you know. Um, hey, Tamal, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Oh, good. Um, I have a new girlfriend. Casual, low-key flex. Also, um, I went to Montenegro. Like, when you bring up, you go to Montenegro. Yeah,
1: cool. The fact that you're writing a book on productivity, eh. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I just had a little lads trip to oslo it's like okay that's cool it's like,
0: it, yeah it's like you've you've traveled a lot this year because you make good money because you make it productivity stuff
1: yeah that's cool i think this is why tim Ferriss's four-hour work week gets so much heat is because people are kind of mad at how cool it is it's like whoa
0: they're so mad
1: like you have and perhaps he's i think i think tim ferris isn't towing the line here i think he's just balancing the paradox of coolness really well is that he actually does just take a lot of control of his life and I think people get kind of mad about that they're like oh you can't actually work four hours a week and make a successful business and be like become a millionaire but he he talks about just what's cool he's like yeah I'm all over the world learning kickboxing and skiing and climbing mountains like what are you doing and it's like, wow, that guy's really cool. And he's kind of shoving it in my face. Like, I I feel a little worse now.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it'd be different if if he was maybe a little, if Ali was a little more mild mannered about it, like he used to be with like, when you talk about medicine topics and being a doctor and a YouTuber at the same time, people really vibed with that because it was real. And I, yeah. and I don't want to make a bold claim that he's just completely fake now, but some videos just come across, you're like, eh, are you just trying to be cool in this video? Because I don't really want to like watch a video of you trying to be cool.
1: Yeah, but again, I think the the Ollie thing, that, that, that makes sense to me. That's why that's so much more cool is because it's like, look productivity does for you. It makes you able to have a YouTube channel and pursue being a doctor at the same time. But it's like when you're just so in the trenches about it all the time, it's just, yeah, it's just like, this is not cool.
0: Because it didn't seem what it was original passion is about and the thought he had a fear about like inauthenticity when he switched to just being on YouTube. And I'm not saying he was like correctly writing it or hundred percent writing it, but there is partial stuff there and, and going away from him for a second and going more towards like what, uh, what, what would we suggest for the audience to try to be unapologetically themselves? And like how I'm trying to think like, what's a good segue for, the audience action item-wise.
1: Audience action item-wise comes from uh, another quote that I just happened to be reading here, which is that uh, Winning is cool, but being ready to do anything to win is not. Both moralist and totally immoral people are uncool, while people who maintain moral standards in straightforwardly immoral environments are most likely to be cool. It's this idea of Set your own standards, have your own moral compass, your own non-negotiables, and go through life, through all those treacherous circumstances, following your own moral compass, not just the herd, or what society tells you you should or should not do. Sure, don't break immoral codes, like, uh, just because you have the opportunity to steal doesn't mean you should steal. And just because it's like good to not tell a lie doesn't mean it doesn't hurt to tell a white lie every now and then. Like be willing to bend those rules to your own situation, and that that comes from a process of self actualization. I think it's really hard, and it's something that I continue to work on with my the good help of Jordan Peterson to find those. Man, sit up straight, bro.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I once ate a lobster. You got to pump out your chest when a lobster. You got to sit
0: up. Uh, they're higher than you with the food chain. Make your bed. Make your bed.
1: Read my book. But no, I I think that, and Jordan Peterson probably says this, that making your own moral values probably only like comes from a process of self actualization. And it can be incredibly hard to self actualize and sit down and think of those rules. I don't know which one comes first, but. Maybe you make the rules and that's kind of how you self-actualize. It's part of the process, but you really have to sit down and ask yourself like some of these moral questions. Like what would you do in X situation? Yeah. So
0: like, here's an example, Uh fake guru wise. When these guys come out and they make courses and they're selling it for like $997, by the way, really stupid pricing. Um, well, they'll just be like making you believe all these things that you can achieve for yourself by going on and making a Shopify store and that their course is going to teach you the exact way to make it happen. They know that a lot of people are going to fail. They know that it's not a guaranteed win with that $997. They know that their argument about that versus a college education is stupid. But they go through and they put the ads up and they know that if they at least make over a one-to-one return on ad spend, that they'll make money off of it. They know it's a little sketch, but they do it anyway. And that's why they're perceived. Fake gurus are perceived as uncool. They're not perceived as these geniuses who are s- <laughs> skating by, snake oil sells, selling, making money off people. No one's out here like, man, you really ripped off the average person. People were out here like, man, Wall Street's best doing something cool by trying to beat the the hedge funds. <laughs> like that was the difference, but you know what i mean like from a from a making yeah. money coolness standpoint dichotomy
1: yeah i think i kinda hear what you're saying here
0: because you were you were doing something that's immoral so it's not going to be cool
1: right right versus like the wall street bets it's
0: pretty moral to try to overthrow the or it's pretty cool to try to overthrow the the unbeatable hedge funds
1: right like slightly immoral like you probably shouldn't do that for like the general market's sake but like in in the end of the day it's a drop in the bucket most of them probably didn't lose a ton of money yeah and the market fixed itself
0: exactly so it was it was interesting and difference, and even just once again with the, the fake gurus versus the average youtuber like nathaniel drew or matt Diavello who are just trying to make their own money and and they put a course out and like if you don't like it yeah sure here's a refund um and it's gonna try to bring you value and they'll they'll put it on skillshare it's out, skillshare versus pricing your course at 997 dollars when it's for shopify like i'm not saying it's immoral to do that but unless you're actually going to get someone to return on that like jesus christ it's it's vaguely immoral i'm gonna use the word vaguely it's it's like arguably immoral
1: yeah yeah that makes sense to me or like um I don't know. You think about like Matt Diavel, like minimalist, allegedly on this title and all that. But sometimes he's got a lot of stuff. Like he shows you his camera setup. he's got a
0: lot of camera stuff, man.
1: Yeah, he's got a lot of camera stuff, and it's like you could have less. Like you have two of some of those things, just in case, co- like you know, just in case it breaks, which is kind of like potentially breaking a minimalist rule. But sure, it's navigating his own moral compass, and I think that it makes it really cool. He's like minimalist guy who does a lot of the camera stuff and makes it different like that that is what sets him apart from the capital t capital m the minimalist
0: yeah because he could be like with the original guy i'm forgetting his name who like backpacked with like 10 items in, his, in a backpack I think was like, yeah that guy's already doing that thing let's let's let that weirdo do his thing um <laughs> let's let that guy do his thing but he's over here like the camera one and There's other examples of this. There's like the minimal mom. It's like a mom YouTuber minimalist. And then there's like, there's a couple other ones. I don't know if that, I don't even know if they have their own shtick. Yeah. Like Gabe Bolt, who I had on the podcast. It's actually huge. Still getting views. Dude, that dude's huge. All right. The reason it's still getting listens is because the guy's actually like famous now. I feel like he has like a couple hundred K subs, I think. Yeah. And his shtick is a personal finance centric minimalist channel with house hacking and stuff. If he's got his own shtick. Now, him trying to be Matt Diavela is not cool. Because Matt Diavela is already a thing.
1: Right. And copying people is pretty immoral. Uh, arguably.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you, you, we're in the bonus point at this point. Is that point, a callback joke? Me? Yeah.
0: Is that a callback joke?
1: It's a callback to what you showed me this morning. What did I show you this morning? Was it yesterday that you showed me the, the video? With your video, audio? Oh my God. Someone stole my stuff,
0: man. (laughs) Dude, I forgot about this. Someone literally copied. They didn't copy my video. They didn't just copy my video. They were so stupid as to keep the audio track on. They stripped the audio from my video. Also, don't know how they managed to do that without keeping the music. There's probably a vague music sound. I just didn't notice. They took my video. This guy tried to do the shoot a bunch of videos onto the internet. Some of the stuff will rank. And uh, I'll get recurring ad revenue money. So we hired freelancers, idiot freelancers, ripped off my to do is versus to do um, tick tick video. Fr- I mean, I- I'm just sitting here and I'm like getting an email from a YouTube subscriber like, "Hey, someone totally. I'm pretty sure they took your video because like they got like side hustle, like all this kind of like the verbiage is the same. And also, I'm pretty sure I hear your voice in this video. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, it was, <laughs> what? <laughs> so i look <laughs> at the title. <laughs> like i look at the title i'm like tick tick first to do is best task word man- task manager in 2022 i'm like yep i used that title okay let's check okay opens video doesn't hear anything regarding anything but the person talking i'm like you know i i have a habit of being concise but having minor bloviation at points If you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riseproductive.com membership or on your favorite podcast app. Once you do, you'll get full-length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive podcast, as well as access to our subscriber-only podcast and newsletter, The Weekly Pour Over.